Vikings postgame coverage continues now with Vikings Overtime on FM 100.3 KFAN, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and the Fan Radio Network. Vikings Overtime is presented by Transportation Plus. Now, with more post-game comments about the Vikings game, here's the fans Eric Nordquist, A.J. Monsoor, and Paul Lambert. What's happening, sports fans? Vikings win 24-9. They've won four of their last five. Looks like their last loss may be to the future Super Bowl champion, New Orleans Saints. Eric Nordquist is here. AJ Mansoor is here. It was a great victory. It was a victory where it looked like an all-around team game, except for Kirk Cousins, who only had 164 yards. <laughs> does that bother you, Nordo? Uh, the the offensive production in the second half does bother me a bit. There was the the opening drive. Their drives in the second half go like this. If you guys remember, first possession of the third quarter, it's third down. They try to hit Aldrick Robinson deep. He's being covered by Darius Slay. He misses. He It's a great pass. It was a perfect pass yeah, Kirk yeah. Cousins. Robinson doesn't come up with it. It's a, I would consider that to be a drop, so they punt. Uh, then they go three and out in their next possession. Then it was the uh, it was Kirk tossing it back to Dalvin Cook. That was a fumble. That was a turnover. And then they went three and out for their final possession. Um, from an offensive production standpoint, it's awesome with what you got out of the defense today. And uh, this was kind of, it felt good that this game never felt to me like it was out of reach for the Minnesota Vikings to attain victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it's, the, it's the same broken record story that we've had all year round, whether it might be a turnover, whether it might just be a lack of execution today. Uh, Kirk was not under fire constantly. He wasn't in danger back there running for his life play after play after play. But from an execution standpoint, they just couldn't get it done. And, and offensively, from a production standpoint, that does bother me a bit. Yeah, it might be synonymous with, with Kirk's struggles. I, I guess I haven't broken it down uh, in depth enough, but it was a, another third quarter lull. Uh, I mean, we the, and this time it's it's not uh, us talking about it. It's Mike Zimmer talking about it. Zimmer was joined Greg Coleman on KFN after he the game. He freely mentioned it, and he he said, you know, there was another third quarter lull. We got to figure that out. I mean, it's it's been every game yeah. that there has been some sort of a lull, and thankfully this was one of the ones where you're you're up by enough, and, and even if you're not by, up by all the points, you're it, it it fully feels like you're in charge of this game and in control of this game. We've seen some of the other games this season where that's where it spiraled out of control and, right. and it's ended up in a loss or ended up in a much closer game than it should be so uh, concerning again and I, I don't want to say that it is Kirk Cousins but the defense played all the way through today the offense was the, was the one that kind of had that third quarter lull yeah it was nice to see that the run game was working but this was where third quarter or halftime adjustments however cliched in some cases those may be uh, the Lions come into this game allowing 22 touchdowns Half of them, 11 of their 22 touchdowns that they allowed defensively, came in the third quarter. This is a team where you come out of the break, and they're the ones that are struggling, that being the Lions. This was a team that you could have pounced on, and that first possession was the drop by Robinson. Otherwise, maybe they score there, they get points. Uh, But for the most part, just uh, inadequacy from the offense, who had the benefit of uh, an amazing 10-sack defensive performance uh, today. Yeah, how about that? The... Vikings, although the offense didn't score in the second half, how about that? That's odd. That's that's what I'm saying. It was yeah. it was punt, punt, fumble, punt. I mean, yeah. that's your offense. That's not good. Uh, and and so then, but but Daniel Hunter. Well, the day they, that he they had. have ten sacks, and as Corey said on uh, 
fan line, they had only given up 13 all season, that being the Lions. They gave yeah. up 10 today. Daniil Hunter leads the way with 3.5, plus he has the scoop fumble recovery. What a monster he is becoming. It's, yeah. the, it's another classic example, AJ, of the Minnesota Vikings taking care of a guy before he's fully blossomed. I mean, we'd seen this in, in Daniil Hunter kind of in spurts, but last year we talked about it a lot on overtime. You, he'd go games or you'd go, is Daniil Hunter still on this team? Now he's got, what, 10 and a half sacks through 11. Eight, 11, 11, 11 and a half. Sorry, yeah. 11 and a half sacks. Halfway through the season, an incredible, incredible year so far for Daniil Hunter. Yeah, this might end up being the the one that we look back at as the most valuable uh, preseason signing that they got him uh, handled before they needed to and, and really saw what was coming. You know, last year when you talk about his sacks, I, I think he had a 12-and-a-half sack season, and then it dropped, and he was a reserve. He was a, a third-down uh, pass rush specialist in that year because it was still Brian Robinson and, and Everson Griffin on the outside. And then last year, uh, he kind of usurps that starting role from B-Rob and he becomes the every down guy he becomes uh, you know the, the attention is more on him his, his one move everyone was kind of criticizing people figured that out he had seven sacks that's still not a bad year but it did seem like it, it came back a little bit and, and then this year he's out there he's the number one guy for most of the season so far because Everson has been out you obviously have the addition of Sheldon Richardson next to him that helps in that interior with Linval Joseph uh, but he's been the focal point for, for a opposing offenses and he's the guy that they're going to chip he's the guy they're going to put the tight end over there and help out and and it doesn't matter he, he continues to have you know he if, if it wasn't for that weird um you know rpo sack last week of, of Taysom hill or not even sack i'm sorry that, that they called it a tackle for loss instead of a sack he was he'd, running he'd have but it doesn't matter an rpo is an rpo and he has the opportunity to still pass is that not correct I believe so. You're behind. I don't care if you're a quarter. If if, if Drew Brees is scrambling and a broken play and he yeah. gets tackled behind the line of scrimmage, that's a sack. Well, technically, technically he could pass, but in the wildcat formation that they were in. Ah, but no, I, 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 I will agree to disagree because it's not worth it. But if it weren't for that that ruling by the NFL, he would right. have a sack streak that would still be going. And he's like Paul well, said, it'd be sitting the franchise on the record because yeah. it would have been uh, not his ninth consecutive game for had, sure. had he gotten that sack. Uh, overall, for me though, you know, Daniil, the the type of year that he's having. Um, and then with Stephen Weatherly, the rotation that they're starting to get that they had trouble establishing a year ago, where now you're seeing, you know, Everson is getting maybe a step back from what he had last week, and maybe you know, following the bye, he'll even have more energy out of the gate. So Everson with a sack and a half. Everybody, six different people were in on sacks today on the Vikings defense. Uh, the big thing for me though, this defense is is feeling it right now. Two hundred uh, nine yards allowed by the defense in total today. Yeah. So you know, going back. Back to, you know, whatever whatever struggles may be offensively, and I don't want to pin them on Kirk because Kirk's also been uh, a lot of the reason that we are getting our fifth win today uh, from a success standpoint. But uh, but this defense is really starting to clamp down and coming together well. You saw Xavier Rhodes getting some snaps back. It sounds like he felt fine, uh, but uh, but just working back from that ankle and things. So from a health standpoint, even minus even minus Anthony Barr today. Uh, the defense really putting it together, and, and the yards are starting to come down. We're starting to see more of that 2017 defense peeking through. If you want to join our conversation, 800-320-5326, We'll go to Matt in Hopkins. Matt? Hey, guys. How are you doing? What's Great. Up, how Matt? are you? Good. Uh, so my wife just shoved a blue pill in my mouth, so I'm not quite sure. <laughs> 
Okay. Anything okay, football so related? Don't have to worry about that. All right. That, thank you. Okay. What a worthless con- what a worthless call. I mean, I wonder I love, how long that I love this station. I love this station, but that's what you hang on to talk to on this. I mean, call some other station. Oh wait, their fan line's probably over with already. Well, we we joked about it while we were listening to fan line. Picture at this stage, given like how today's game worked out. Okay, Stefan Diggs not in. Unfortunately, Adam Thielen doesn't get to 100 yards for the ninth consecutive game. Mm-hmm. But like somebody sat on hold for like 40 minutes. Just to rip Laquan Treadwell. Yeah. I mean, he had two targets, two catches, 37 yards today. Yeah. Guess what, everyone? He's a first-round pick that yeah. hasn't had first-round production. And he played well. Uh, and he played well. Well, he caught the two balls that right. were thrown his way. And, yeah, he, he, he blocked well and all that. But I think the thing, as we move on from that horrible phone call, I think the thing I thought that, that, that this game did so well and the one thing I really loved was how great – the defense played. And it's a team where when the offense isn't there, like they obviously weren't. I mean, Dalvin Cook, we love the 70-yard run. But other than that, there was, you know, without digs, Thielen was kind of tampered down other than the touchdown. But the defense, every time in the second half, Stafford dropped back, you could see the happy feet. You could see that that pocket would just instantly collapse and he'd start moving, and you love that. You love to see that because that was we didn't see that a lot early on. We kind of were wondering where all the sacks went. Then, of course, the the situation with Everson happened, but to see him come out just firing today was awesome. Uh, Laquan Treadwell, your leading Vikings wide receiver on the day, right. by the way. Uh, but uh, you know, I agree with you, Paul, and I, I think that the one thing that was unique about today and and the ten sacks, and this is part of what has to happen, I think, for a team to get ten sacks, is it, it wasn't all uh, rush sacks; it was coverage sacks. It was you know uh, Matthew Stafford. He got happy feet because there was nowhere to throw the, the football. And in a game where you have Xavier Rhodes, who's kind of in and out with a, an ankle injury that wasn't quite a hundred percent, that means you have Holton Hill, a rookie out there for some period of time you you don't have Anthony Barr who helps in pass coverage and Eric Wilson is filling in for him um, you don't have your full attribute of, of skilled players out there and you still force a bunch of, of coverage sacks which is a, a good thing to kind of couple all that together when Nordo said about the defense starting to come together what you were talking about with the sacks Paul it, it's a good feeling because earlier this year neither of those things were there the sacks weren't there the defense wasn't there and then there was this weird situation where Anthony Barr said it Mike Zimmer said it you could tell that they really harped on it they simplified everything, yeah. which I wonder what it was that they were trying to do if they were just getting too creative. When, when your base defense is so good and you bring in players like Anthony Barr and like Xavier Rhodes, Harrison Smith, Everson Griffin, these kind of X-factor guys that can do a couple different things, you bring them in, they're the perfect players for the perfect system, and you try to make it too convoluted. Now they stripped it back, and ever since the simplification, Nordo, it's, it's been back to 2017 and, and years prior to Mike Zimmer defense, the Zim Reapers. Here's what's weird about that, though. is so A few weeks ago, he talks about simplification of the defense, and I remember post-title game, Zimmer had mentioned, maybe I stuck with too many things. Uh, he was very hard on himself when PA in charge, and we had him at the Combine in Indy. Uh, but fast forward to today. So a few weeks ago, it's simplification of the bit. Mm-hmm. Today, after the game, he's talking about how other teams started mimicking the things that he was yeah. doing. And so now they've had to change things. So I, I don't know if it's simplification. Is, See, he, but- is he changing schemes? Or changing looks. I mean, you know, I, I imagine a situation early on in the season where he's got, 
he's got several members of that defense thinking about like four to five pre-snap looks. Sure. And so maybe that created issues. And so simplifying it in that manner. But then even today he's talked about evolving his defense again. So now it's like simplification. Now we're evolving and we're changing because other people are copying us because we're so damn good. You know, ultimately, I mean, maybe the team didn't play well enough early on defensively, and now they found that spark and fire again. See, but here's what I heard when Mike Zimmer said that. I was sitting right there, too. You were listening to it. It, 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 it hit me that it's great that other other teams are, are copying you. You know, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Sure. But if I were to come in and I were to, you were sick, I was filling in for PA, and I try to put together a morning montage, I'm, I'm, I'm copying you, but I'm not as good at it as you are. And it would just be a hot mess. I would try yeah. to be like you, and I couldn't do it. You'd spill coffee on I'd the board. I'd spill coffee on the yeah. board. It would be a, just a hot mess. Uh, other teams don't have the players that, that the Vikings have to run this type of a defense. And if you remember, when Zimmer first came here, there were two or three years where they were bringing in new players like Anthony Barr, like uh, Linval Joseph as a free agent signing, that that they were trying to do specifically bring those type of players in so he could carry over what he had in Cincinnati here to Minnesota. And for the first couple years, it wasn't here. So they can copy it all they want, but I I don't think that other teams necessarily have the players that the Vikings have spent years building and training to go out there and do what they do. So I I don't know that you have to evolve it. I think you just execute it better than everyone else. We'll go to Tony in North Branch. Hey, guys. How are you? you Great. Hey, um, getting back to what uh, Nordo was talking about with the third quarter lows, um, I think the biggest problem overall, um, maybe I'm in the minority, I think our our offensive coordinator, DeFilippo, is in way over his head. Uh, He might be a quarterback whisperer, um, but Zim is a defensive coach, and we lost Shermer with that experience. Unfortunately, we lost Sperano, uh, rest in peace, and uh, D-Flip was never done this before, and I think you see it with putting teams away. I, I think you see it with uh, running plays uh, when time is running low. I, I think you see it in a variety of ways on the offensive side, and when healthy, I think this team can compete with the Rams and the Saints, but I'm, I'm terrified that we're going to see something like that where he's not going to know what to do. Uh, thank you for the call. I think the one thing with this offense that we kind of worry about is it's kind of been in motion. We haven't seen it all. Uh, we haven't seen the complete offense except for a couple games. When they were throwing to Dalvin out of the backfield early on in the season, he goes out. Then, of course, Adam Thielen becomes the star of this offense and kind of starts rolling and has the eight games with uh, with 100 yards. Then Diggs is out. So we haven't had really the complete package that this offense can be, but I think if it gets rolling, and we've all talked about this on this show, it's really odd that they play down when they play here. I mean, last week, I wasn't here for last week, and obviously we didn't do a show, but they're driving down to go up by 13 or whatever, and Thielen can't hang on to the ball. It's just this lull on offense, specifically when they're at home. We haven't really seen it on the road, but we've seen it a ton on the uh, uh, at home here. Uh, I think I I don't I'm not offended by what Tony's alluding to. Maybe I mean I'm not, I'm not going to say that De Filippo's in over his head, but I I still think there's there's a growth process and however long it's supposed to take versus how long it is taking in terms of him being in charge of and running the offense. You know you you can see it at times where Kirk 
Kirk is motioning to the sideline, like, give me the bleep and play. Let's let's move this thing along. Let's go. So whether it's communicating the plays, you know, short, uh, you know, clock management, hurry up related things, uh, it, it feels like growing pains related to, to a guy that's learning to run the offense. Uh, to Sauce's point, yeah, I mean, health has been a big thing. And, you know, Kirk might be among the better timing-oriented passers that are in the NFL. I mean, the, some of the throws that he can make when you know he knows that it's a it's a 14 yard and break, it's a corner route or this and that. Hit the anticipatory. That Aldrich throws. Robinson won last week. Yeah, the 19 yard, the third and he ten. He threw it a some, second and a half before he had even turned around. It was incredible. Yeah. Now with that said, he's hit the turf like 24, 25 times sure. this season uh, because the O line just has been inadequate. Uh, we saw it from Danny Isadora today, just getting blown up by Ziggy Ansa, and so um, this you know there. They're the combination of a guy learning to call the offense and taking ownership of it, combined with figuring out what he has on this off what it what has been a mostly bad offensive line, better today in run blocking. Uh, I think there are a lot of factors, and and Kirk making mistakes as well. That throw today he made, you know, with Darius Slay. Yeah. Um. I mean, it just it, there's not really an, an explanation or yeah, a, at least weird. a valid one for it. Uh, and so, but but I wouldn't I wouldn't say that DeFilippo's in over his head. I mean, we have some deficiencies that we're still trying to figure out, and we've kind of uh, we've kind of hook line and sinkered our way to five three and one. You know, I hear what both of you guys are saying, and and what I put together from that is that this offense has an identity crisis. Like they don't yeah, know whether they're right now because they're trying to get that balance. They were so bad in the run early in the season. They don't know if they're a run team or a pass team. Now they're trying to even it out. Then Stefan Diggs is out and you can't do the things that you used to do early in the season. The offensive line is terrible, so you don't have the time to throw. You can't get a run game going. Uh, you know, so as Di Filippo is trying to learn how to be an offensive coordinator in this league, his hands are tied too as far as what he's able to do. You have yeah. his influence that he brings from from Philadelphia, and we all thought this was going to be some big RPO offense. Well, then you have Kirk Cousins who comes in, who may not be an RPO quarterback, who has his influence where it's a double tight end offense, and we thought that tight ends were going to have a big uptick this year. I think there's just so many new pieces and so many situations on the field with injuries and deficiencies yeah. that they just they just can't find an identity right now, but I think that they are. I think that as the offensive line gels a little bit, they start to get a little healthier. You do get a run game going a little bit, and now you know what you have with Diggs and, and, and Thielen on the outside. I, I think that it's it's headed towards the right direction, but you think of Breeze, you think of, of Brady, you think of Aaron Rodgers. All those offenses have an identity, and, and most of it surrounds those quarterbacks, but at the same time, you know that they're going to, the, the, the Saints are going to try and gut you. They're going to come after you. Aaron Rodgers is clutch, and, and Tom Brady, they're just going to outthink you, and they're going to outplay you every single yeah. time. That this team doesn't have that right now. Uh, positive on the O line, and then we we can move on. Absolutely. From it. Mike Remmers may have played like one of his best games as a member of the Minnesota Vikings. He was great today. Definitely his best game at guard with the Minnesota Vikings. And, and Brian O'Neill is is yeah. uh, He's coming along, right? And we'll talk about that when we come back. But when we saw that run on offensive linemen back in April's draft, all three of us we did that show together, and then you and I continued it on in the morning uh, yeah. or on Saturday. Saturday. But, but that second round, we're going. What are they doing? Right. The whole top half of that second round in, in the offense it was offensive linemen. Yep. The and cupboards we see, were bare. Then we line. see Brian O'Neill go, and then, of course, right out of the gate, it's, well, he's got to put weight on and all this you know, stuff. But yeah, hey, we got a project in the second round. He's and a now starting he's right well. tackle, and he's played well. And, and, and him playing well also maybe you know dictated why Remmers played well, because Remmers can just deal in space and I have to worry about the guy on the, on the right end of him. Uh, Vikings win 24-9. to We'll update you on the... Uh, 
the afternoon games. We got a great one down in New Orleans. Uh, the Chargers are pulling away from the Seahawks, and the Texans and Broncos are all locked up. We'll come back. We will do Vikings overtime until 6.30 and walk you up to the Packers-Patriots that is tonight, courtesy of Westwood One. We'll be back right after this on The Fan. Tonight at 10 on 5 Eyewitness News. Using her dogs. They prescribed tramadol for him. And I was like, what? This is a human drug. To feed her own addiction. So you were fooling the vet clinics? Oh, I was lying to them. Not fooling. I mean, I was 100% lying to them. And it worked. And it absolutely worked. 5 Eyewitness News investigates a gap in the system. So you're not the only one doing this? No. No. I thought I was. And why the state hasn't stopped it. Tonight at 10 on 5 Eyewitness News. Live with Kelly and Ryan's got a fantastic week. That's fantastic. With Mark Wahlberg, Chrissy Metz, and Benedict Cumberbatch. And next slide, Jude Law from Fantastic Beasts. It's utterly fantastic. <laughs> Plus Christopher Jackson and Fantastic Travel Trivia. It's fantastic because the people that watch our show are the are fans. The, almost two decades of hosting this show. <laughs> and I finally understand our <laughs> trivia game. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 5 Eyewitness News. is battering Matthew Stafford. Seven sacks today. Third and 13 for the Lions. Stafford goes back to pass. Everson wants some, but he can't get there. And Stafford steps up. Now Everson gets him, and he got him behind the line of scrimmage for sack number eight on Matthew Stafford. Welcome back, Vikings Overtime. Vikings win 24-9. to The Vikings get 10 sacks, and we found out today that is a franchise record. Of all the great defensive lines that this team has had, they get 10 sacks. Daniel Hunter gets 3.5. Tom Johnson gets 2.5. Everson gets 1.5. Sheldon gets credited for a half. Steven Weatherly gets 1. That gets you up to 10. What an amazing story Stephen Weatherly has become, and that great play he made on the Garrett Blunt, where it looked like yeah. they were going to do the old Madden flea flicker play, and he blew that he play up so quickly. quickly. He got that there, and as we've talked about, Nordo, he's a seventh round pick. Uh, one funny part about Stephen Weatherly's sack, and you know what he's done, getting better each and That's every odd. game this season. <laughs> no, about the, about his sack in the game. Um, I, I'm, he, I know what you're talking. He didn't actually even tackle uh, Matt Stafford. He blew Taylor Decker, right. Taylor, who's one of the Decker better left tackles Taylor in the entire Decker NFL. The... He bull rushed Decker so hard, he just smashed Decker into Stafford and knocked him down. I'm not even sure that Weatherly even uh, touched Matt Stafford. The celebration effort was the best because he was still locked up with the offensive linemen. Pushed him into the quarterback. Quarterback falls over, and Weatherly just raises his hands in the yeah, air. Like, just, yeah, I think I think this happened. <laughs> oh yeah, that's me. Perfect. Uh, that defensive bring line, it up. though. I mean, they've always loved this whole like hockey style shift where you can bring in fresh bodies, and it's something the yeah. offensive line can't do. Think of the game that Tom Johnson had as a backup. Stephen Weatherly had it today as a backup. I mean, there's depth on that offensive line or defensive line, excuse me, that allows them to do things 
that keep Daniil fresh, that keep you know Sheldon and, and Linval fresh in the middle. It, they didn't have that a year a ago. Man. No, they didn't. They didn't, and it was you know it, what, it, they felt it in the in the in the playoffs big time. Yeah, yeah. Well, ever ever since, and and I've said it twenty times. I'll say it a twenty first time. When Everson hurt his foot in the Cleveland game, he I think he had ten sacks London, at that yeah. point through that game. It was a last, and he play. had three through the rest of the season. I mean, and you you heard him talk about it he even on the front end in training camp that it was oh. basically like he was stepping on a razor blade every uh. time he tried to push. Uh. Have you thing, ever had that plantar fasciitis? No, I, I would have to participate in more. I mean, I have no, you don't uh, because the the way you get it not not always, but but one of the ways you get it is couch is because you're the cover on your bed if your sheets are pulled too tight and your toes can't stretch stretches your toes down and and just kind of forms the arch of your foot in a different way Jeez. that's one of the ways you get it i'm not i mean i'm i used to be athletic what about I, walking to and from the fridge can i get plantar fasciitis you trained the kids to do that for you not yet well, no shoot. no and, and, and those children hate you uh tom johnson i think because the the Seahawks released him, so we had yeah. him. He goes, yeah, which is weird. Why did they do that? Well, they I planned think, to get him well, back. I think that's what they were trying. They thought he yeah. would clear waivers because they were trying to make sure they didn't get sniped on some practice squad he player. He said they told him that, that yeah. they were going to sign him again. And then whoopsie, hey, what here we go. I mean, this is ADD to its best. What happened to the football game? Why are we on nightly news? I think I it's know. a commercial. I'm well, hoping no, it is. No, it's a. This is a long commercial with that guy. Oh, it's a cenote, and it's on NBC. Anyhow, go on, Nordo. Sorry, I interrupted. No, I'd, uh, but but the defensive line rotation is starting to get to where we need it to be. It's unfortunate. Deshaun, Deshaun Bauer has basically been inactive, or you know, well, he's basically been act, inactive every game. Yep. So whatever's happening with him, it's his second season. That isn't coming to pass quite yet. Uh, Jalen Holmes, more of a situation where you're up 24 to nine at home, and he gets some snaps and some action there. Whatever, Jaleel Johnson. You know, in a very much a reserve role, uh, but Tom Johnson has just been a revelation uh, since returning to the Vikings. And Sheldon today, although I think he only was credited with half a sack, one of his more productive games we've seen in the last yeah. three or four weeks. Because you know, I can't say that he's had a bad season per se, but really at times it's like this is the three technique that we wanted. This is the first round pick. This is why he was like rookie of the year with the Jets a handful of years ago. And then there are large stretches where it's like. Sheldon's on the sideline and Tom Johnson's playing. Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah. You know, Sheldon's the guy with the one-year prove-it deal, trying to get paid, trying to be an All-Pro. What's up with that? But Sheldon was damn good today, man. And uh, no, it's just it's pleasant to see kind of things working the way Mackenzie Alexander got in on a sack with a, with a nice blitz. He's that's, done that a couple times now. And, that's and his third sack of the year. Depending on which quarter it is, we in the press box or up here have just the perfect vantage point as he creeps up to the line and you see that hole open up and he runs straight through and, and sacks the quarterback. I mean, it was he has three. Did you say it was three? Was third yeah, it's sack. His that's third nuts. of the year. For for all the crap we give him, um, you know that's different. It's not a coverage situation, right. but uh, he's he's having a, a pretty good. Bounce back season to show that he's at least capable of of playing a role when you need him to in this league. Well, he's more than playing a role, and you know I don't know if it was drafting Mike yeah. Hughes and you know just giving him a kick in the a kick in the ass. Oh, 35-33, the Rams are back in this. Yeah, this who is awesome. changed the channel? Jeepers. I don't know what happened. Yeah, something's Somebody happening. The other back and forth here. Right. Uh, Jared Goff, Cooper Cup. Yeah, let's get forty-one let's, yards. Let's get Cooks in the end zone here. Going for two right here. So the uh, well, this is huge. And Nordo, I mean. This game's big. This is the biggest game of the NFL. So well, I want the Rams to win. We all do, right? I want the Rams. Yeah, because the Saints kind of suck. Well, well this, no one likes I want the Saints. the Saints to get their second loss. Ooh, got he, it. He he got give, it. Them, give them the two points. 
tie this thing up. There it is. Yes. Yes. So thirty-five, 35 thirty-five, and I think they just hit the over. So this is in uh, this this is in dream sequence, but basically give the Saints their second loss. So down the road, potentially, because they have a brutal NFC South stretch to finish the year. I think they play the Falcons a couple of times. Yeah, I don't yeah, think they Uncle played. Yeah. The Panthers are in there. Yeah, and they're great. There's some great teams in the NFC South. But we want, I want that second seed. I know that this team's 5-3-1. and one. They still haven't played their, their a complete performance. Kirk's giving the ball away more often than he should, and we're not putting teams and burying them in necessarily the fashion we should, although today, Lions didn't stand a chance. Uh, but... Uh, but I, I'm still keep. I want my hopes to be alive for the second seed as long as I can for this squad. How great! Uh, granted, Dalvin Cook only had ten carries. He did have that huge run for seventy yards, which of yeah. course everybody's saying is like the fastest. And we were down in the locker room. He he was mostly concerned with, is it? Am I considered faster now? Faster than what was Tyreek Tyree Hill? Hill? Yeah. Which I I love that. I love the competition with these guys, but. We did see him for a long stretch in a lot of plays because of the fumble with Latavius Murray that resulted in not really being a fumble because he broke the plane. But mm. Delvin played a while. And a lot of people said it was mostly because of that. Since I think he played like a bunch of plays in a row right after that fumble touchdown. According to Coach Zimmer, I mean, it might have had some impact on that. But according to Zimmer afterwards, it was they, they came in not knowing exactly how his hamstring would, would respond and when he gave him the thumbs up, they basically said, "We're we're taking off the snap count. We're we're, we're not we're not going to hold the reins and hold you back anymore. You you go do this." Yeah, and and that's what it was. So the someone specifically asked, "You had a number in your head of how many snaps Dalvin Cook was going to get coming into this game? Did that increase as the game went on? As you saw what you could get from him?" And he said, "Yeah." He said, "Yeah, we saw what he was. He he said it wasn't holding him back at all. It was very clear that it wasn't holding him back, and we gave him more than we had planned." God, that's a great running game if they can get that going. And and if this is your offensive line going forward, I didn't, I didn't really watch. But you know, as they always say, interior offensive linemen play really well. If you don't hear you don't hear their name, I would assume uh, it, uh, Danny Isadora played well. We never heard his name. We never heard him on a holding penalty. We never heard him. You know, any of that other stuff that goes with. Well, Danny Isadora was bad today. There was one, oh, was one play. Dan, Danny, oh, Danny Isadora. I must have missed. Uh, Ziggy Ansah. Yeah, they gave up like just one absolutely sack. just blew up uh, Isadora and that and got that sack on Kirk. Okay, so that was it. So and, my, and my the bad. play before, I think he had an impact in the in the backfield too. So it was, it was just a bad stretch of plays right there for Isadora. Now the the tough thing with this run game though, and it is it's it's good that we got him back today. And I tried to look. The game book doesn't have his his total snap count today, so I don't have the percentage of the offense. Whether it was twenty five or it was thirty five, doesn't matter, you know. But he had a total of eighty nine rushing yards, and seventy of the eighty nine came on one play. And so ultimately, not a lot of lanes were opening up. Uh, Latavius had a couple of seven yard bursts. I think he had a ten or a twelve yard run at one point. I'm trying to find out what his long of the day was. Uh, but this, I th- his long was nine. So nine, yep. you know, this is this is going to be the ongoing struggle. And you mentioned it, AJ, in terms of this team trying to find its identity, and and as they you know continue to commit in stubborn fashion to making sure that they can balance things out as much as they can, and get the run game going. Uh, today, good with the 70-yard burst, uh, but overall, you know, maybe having 
having Dalvin back in the mix looked okay today, but might continue to help improve or get closer to some semblance of a balance. As they, I mean, they batted their head against the wall for 23 carries today and got the one for 70, but that was uh, it was a grinder of a day to get to that point. Here, here's what I think you hope for when you talk about the Vikings finding some semblance of an identity is uh, coming out of the bye, you have two or three games where you have no major injuries. You know, you, you don't lose Stefan Diggs, you don't lose Dalvin Cook, you don't yeah. lose Riley Reef, where they can have, you know, if, if all goes according to plan, you know, I don't think Barr's too far away. It doesn't sound, I mean, not three weeks away, you no. know, or two weeks, but the next time I they're going to take the I field, you'll be back for the that. Chicago game. Yeah. Rhodes will be healthier. You're going to get uh, Stefan Diggs back. Sendejo might be out there, but I. I I'm not. I'm not super hurt with what what's what the you know Anthony, Anthony Harris, Harris and yeah, Curse and anyone yeah. who's filling in there has been doing so far. But they'll they'll have all their players back supposedly by the time they take the field next against uh, the Chicago Bears. So you come out of that game with no injuries. Come out of the next game with no injuries, and you'll have three games where you can have the players that you hoped to and thought you would have starting on defense and offense. That's that's where you find some sort of an identity, and and it doesn't have to be so one sided that it's it's a all we do is pass because we can't run kind of thing. It just can be, you know, I have my, all the weapons at my at my disposal for John Filippo. Now he can do what he pitched in his interview with, with uh, Rick Spielman and the Minnesota Vikings. Minus today, and I, I know this is a quick look ahead, minus uh, Nathan Peterman, who doesn't belong in the NFL. He's terrible. The, the uh, Bears played the Bills today. They gave up under 50 yards in rushing today the the bills the, the bears the bears did gotcha yeah chris ivory had 36 Lashawn mccoy had 10 carries for 10 yards Oof. and something called marcus Oof. murphy had six and then prior had one for minus one now in fairness i mean when you're playing the nathan petermans of the world you can probably adjust your so scheme to yards. to stomp on certain aspects of their game well you get down i mean so you could, two, all you could put an passing. extra yeah sure but still though i mean put an extra guy this, in the box and then say in nathan two weeks, peterman when they go to chicago picks, i mean they don't have they don't have, they don't have a they don't have the best record and i think what's pa seen two wins in chicago they won last year on yeah. the harrison smith interception the Vikings don't play well in Chicago, and they might get Khalil Mack back. That's two weeks away. The defense of the Bears is no joke. Now, granted, we lost to a Buffalo Bills team who has two wins and is just hideous. Nathan Peterman threw for 189 yards and three picks. I think the Bears scored three defensive touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they may have. I mean, that's awful. The 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 the, the uh, two sorry but anyhow the Bears are are a great team and they have to go in and play them in Chicago this this is one of the biggest games of the year and as we've heard it may be it may be flex to the night game that's how big of a game this is this could be the I mean this is a first place game because we assume that the Patriots will get the money tonight versus the Packers but this is a great game they have coming up and then the Packers on Sunday night this this Minnesota Vikings team has a bunch of great games coming up and as AJ pointed out they may be fully healthy for the first yeah. time this year well they uh that's why they absolutely had to win this one I mean it's the ninth game of the season so it's like why the hell are you saying it's a must-win game midway through Five division games left, including the one today. And then the next stretch is at Soldier Field, whether it's afternoon, primetime, or a noon kickoff. It's going to be a pain in the ass against against that defense. 
and the offense is that's evolving under Matt Nagy. And then you go, you host the Packers. Okay, we, you know, let's handle Rodgers at home. Cross your fingers for that with a team that doesn't play at its best at home, which is weird. Uh, and then you go to Foxborough and then to Seattle. Yeah. Who Seattle, I think they're losing to the Chargers right now, final moments of the game, down by a touchdown and a two-point conversion. But that team plays every game to the final whistle. And so that's going to be a grinder. I mean, this next four-game stretch is just impossible if you don't win this game today. That's why it was important to see that type of performance, defensively at least. And then if you're getting the healthy weapons back, full complement of everything, you know, there there are some wars. Chicago's not perfect. Uh, They can be had. And uh, hopefully Zimmer takes uh, at least a few days off to chill. You know, get uh, you know, kind of, you know, get those bags under his eyes just a little bit smaller. Maybe I don't catch, think he chills very well. Maybe catch five, six yeah. hours of sleep. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know. How about this? And then for, he's got time to to focus on the Bears. How about this for a brutal, brutal schedule for the game tonight that I can't wait? The Packers game, who, who take on the Patriots? They they are in New England tonight. Yeah. Then they, after just leaving L.A. By right, the way, then they play at home versus the Dolphins. Then they go to Seattle. Then they come here. Yeah. Then they get the Cardinals, but then they get the Falcons at Bears, at Jets, and then Lions. To so Pack out. is at Seattle? Yeah. This okay. is a brutal schedule for the Packers. This, I think if they lose tonight, they're out. Now, everybody, you know, the Tenebees of the world will go, well, you can't, you can't count on a team with Aaron Rodgers. Well, you can because they've looked terrific. No, but the, but the defense... And they should have lost to San Francisco. If San Francisco can get a first down... They're a two four and one football team. Yeah, they're 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 not very good right now and probably not worthy of making the playoffs. But that's why these division games are so important. Because, you know, forget about I was, you know, let's go Rams so that the Saints get their second loss and we can stay in contention for the second seed. Screw all that. Let's figure out how we can win this division. And so as long as the pack have division games left, pulling rabbits out of hats week one in the comeback win over the Bears. And then, you know, now they, they lose at Detroit, so they'll get an opportunity now with us in a couple of weeks and all of that. I mean, if they're winning their division games, they're still in the hunt for a playoff spot. And that's all that matters when you have that quarterback and, uh, and a couple of those playmakers on that team. So, um, I mean, they're, they're, they're not great. And I like the Vikings, you know, from a talent perspective and from, you know, from a, a future or potential perspective. But, I mean, I'm not counting them out. We've got we to win that tough game. And we got we got to start at Soldier Field. That's probably the bigger one. We'll come back. We'll go around the league. We have some late breaking inactives for tonight's game. Your Minnesota Vikings win twenty four to nine over the Lions. They improved to five three and one. Nordo, what do you got? Why did you just react like that? Uh, I'm excited to talk about those inactives, but it's, it's purely inactive, for personal yeah. reasons, yeah. and we'll, it doesn't matter. We'll talk about that. When we come back. Plus, we <laughs> have a couple of, yeah, of so late stupid. scores in some of these uh, these late games. Me we'll, too. We'll get to all that. Vikings win 24-9. You're listening to Minnesota Vikings Overtime on The Fan. If you are moving, please consider Renters Warehouse when it comes to renting. Because to some, renting is the new selling. And Renters Warehouse makes renting easy and affordable. Renters Warehouse perfectly prices your house, finds great tenants in 17 days on average, and for only $89 a month, the professional landlords manage your property 24-7. They collect the rent. They handle the maintenance requests. They even warranty your renters for up to 18 months. With Renters Warehouse, 
No upfront fees, no binding contracts cancel anytime. Renters Warehouse has totally redefined the industry, making renting easy, fast, and worry-free for regular people like you. So go to RentersWarehouse.com right now to book a free home rental price analysis and see what your home will rent for. It's Renters Warehouse. Find out how much your home will rent for. Territory Cousins back to pass, fires right, caught, touchdown! Adam Thielen with a two-yard touchdown, and for Adam Thielen, it is his seventh touchdown this season. He's caught touchdowns in six consecutive games, and the Vikings lead 13-6. Adam Thielen gets the touchdown, but only 22 yards on the day, so his 100-yard streak to start a season ends at 8. The Minnesota Vikings win 24-9. to nine. They get 10 sacks. They lose the turnover battle, but more importantly, they won the football game. Boys, let's go around the league, and you guys com- com- comment. I was going to say compliment. You can do that, too, if you want. And we'll start with the Steelers-Ravens game. Steelers win 23-16. to 16. They improved to 5-2-1. and one. The Ravens are 4-5. and five. More importantly, Alex Collins got in the end zone <laughs> on a double-point charge challenge. And luckily for me, I was the only guy who got a touchdown in the charge challenge. Congratulations. When he picked bad running backs on bad teams, he this this might have been the most accurate grouping of well, people like, he's given. I thought it was us. brilliant. It was hideous. McCoy had person. McCoy had ten rushing yards. I forget who's so my guy. Two points. Crowell didn't have anything. Who did no. I have? You had. Uh, oh, I had Kerryon Johnson. He was he terrible. Did yeah. Uh, so the the Steelers kind of get back in. Uh, ben Roethlisberger two touchdowns plus he ran one in two hundred seventy yards. This is a team I'm afraid of. The Steelers? Nope. The oh. Panthers. Oh. 42-28 over, over Tampa, who is just falling apart. Every year Tampa does this. They just fall apart. The Panthers are 6-2. and two. They're 5-0 and oh at home. Cam throws for two touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey scores two touchdowns. And uh, Stu Beard gets the start, but they get the loss. The Bucks are now 3-5. and five. I think the big thing, first of all, you have to give props to, if you look at statistical efficiencies of Cam Newton and how that offense is running, uh, believe it or not, and there's going to be a lot of negatives in this town, Uncle Norv is yeah. doing a very good job yeah. with that offense and that quarterback uh, in Charlotte. Now, the thing is, you mentioned it. They're 5-0 and oh at home, you said. So, I mean, that's that's five of their six wins right there. They're one and two on the road. They're going to have road games in the back yeah, end of this stretch. Well the NFC South, I don't know why the scheduling always ends up this way, but all those guys butt heads. It's like Saints and Falcons. It's Saints and Panthers. The league did that But, like, the final four like, yeah. games, yeah, but it seems like every year – each of those teams have, like, like we have three straight right now against North teams. But we always like, close in Chicago. Or, well, yeah, sure, we, yeah. yeah but, we but the Saints have, sure. like, three of their, or four of their final five are, like, and NFC that, South games. Which, and that division's usually pretty good. Did exactly. you say earlier so, that the Falcons and Saints haven't played yet? I don't think that. No, they played once. Okay. And the Saints won in overtime in Atlanta. So they'll get the, Sa- they'll get the Falcons at home, but they'll still have the Bucks. They might still have two against the Panthers. Speaking of the Falcons, they're up to four and four. They get the win 38-14 over Washington. Matt Ryan, 350 uh, 350 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, Tevin Coleman had a great game. Just a huge win 
by uh, the the Atlanta over Washington. Well, Washington humbled a little bit too. I mean, they yeah. they, they came in two losses on the season. I yeah. think uh, it sounds like their their offensive line was just decimated. I yeah. think they were down three starters. But that that was a surprise team that that uh, looked like they were going to do some things, but uh, not anymore. Well, you know, they're still on. T- I mean, it's a yeah, bad. That, that, it's a, yeah, that's a, yeah. in a in a was it raining or was it because Duke and Miami played? But the Dolphins win thirteen. It was raining thirteen six over the Jets in Miami, and the, the, we saw a report earlier was, that the field was just a mess. It was like Woodstock. Yeah, it was. It was the Canes game, and I don't know how many. Thanks for saying it like a normal human. What's that? Canes. Oh, That's yeah. screaming it. Yeah, but I don't understand in the NFL where these billion-dollar organizations who have found their way, whether it be the taxpayer or just the, the fruits of being the juggernaut in the NFL, how you're still sharing facilities. Like, I mean, yeah. Oakland's got freaking you know infield dirt yeah. terrorism yeah. on their field and Miami playing at the Dolphin Stadium after they just how, did like $400 million in do, improvements. But, like, but how does one of the greatest – College football teams of all time not have their own stadium. Might be a space issue. Yeah. I, get, I bet you yeah. it gets pretty packed down there, and I'm yeah. trying to or picture exactly city where. planner now? No, well, here, here's no I'm not. Here's what it's going to come to. It's going to be like TCF Bank Stadium, an outdoor stadium with fake turf. I mean, yeah. the, the technology for, for artificial turf is not as bad as it once was back in the Metrodome when you're, you're playing. Wow. Oh, the Saints just iced this game. What a play. God, they're ruthless. Breeze, Michael Thomas had to be sixty plus yards. Yeah. Oh, is that Jordan Elevens? He's doing Uh-oh. the cell phone bit, the Joe Horn bit. Oh, oh, here we go. He has a flip phone. Yeah, just like Joe Horn did. Right. Oh, that's beautiful, right yeah. there. That's a great bit. He only dialed three times. Nine one one. Yeah. Probably, uh, the flag probably was thrown. Do, then do the Sterling Sharp bit, <laughs> or was it Shannon Sharp when he went on the sidelines? Did somebody get a hold of nine one one? We're killing this team. <laughs> I kind of like seeing the Rams lose. I, 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 either way, I hate both no. these teams. Screw the Saints. This yeah. sucks. They're okay. going go to go. Michael Thomas Bowl. is sweet. So. so the Saints are going to win that one. He's Chiefs, a huge game, Chiefs by the way. roll the Browns thirty-seven twenty-one. Funny how before the game, I think somebody brilliantly tweeted that the Browns head coach now got a bunch of NBA offers. Did you see that story? We said like he's got like eleven. Greg Williams. Well, I first. Well, you first saw it in Hard Knocks. Co- yeah, I had eleven offers. Couch, he said he had eleven coach. job offers, oh, and that uh, I think he said seven of them. I would have had to interview, or like four. I could have just walked in and taken the job type of thing. He made some allusion to Greg it Williams. on. He's uh, a clown. He's a Todd. Yeah, he alluded to it on Hard Knocks. He's just he's such a blowhard. Yeah, he I is. I mean, just there is there a more unlikable person in the NFL than that guy? Yeah, your dad. Bears forty-one uh, nine over the Carl? Bills. We talked about that. Chargers win twenty-five to seventeen over the Seahawks and another thing that people kind of forget about the Chargers quietly are six and two. No one ever talks about the Chargers. And they're three and one on the road. I don't think they have, do they have Joey Bosa back yet? No, they've been without he, he's him. never he's rarely never played. No, but when he does more play, injured he's than Delvin Cook. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Texans nineteen seventeen over the Case Keenum Broncos. Case Keenum is a total disaster. He's the next former Viking to get either cut or benched. He's terrible. Uh, and then the Rams are now uh, down 9, 44-35. The Saints, Michael Thomas, 12 catches, 211 yards. Nordo, you said it. He's probably the best receiver in the NFL. I think it's uh, the, my, the best receivers, and this is with all respect to our guy Adam Thielen. Who's, who's a stud. Who's played like the best wide receiver in the NFL. 
uh, and among the best for really nearly two seasons now. But I think DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in the NFL at catching in close quarters and under contact. You watch him just getting blown up all the time, and he will not drop the ball. And then there's Michael Thomas, who drafted in the second round in 2016. There are probably a lot of teams, maybe even including ours, when we went through the Corey Coleman's and the uh, Will Fuller's mm-hmm. and the Josh Doxons and the Laquan Treadwell's, and there was just that Ohio State kid, Michael Thomas, sitting around going, hello, what about me, guys? And now he's doing what he's doing with Drew Brees. Doesn't hurt that he's the guy throwing it to him. but it helps a little. Unbelievable. This Rams defense, though, uh, we saw it a bit when we played them on the in the Thursday night game. Um, they got that pass rush, and where you know they tried to play fantasy football with bringing in Dominic and Sue, Sue and uh, they just traded for Dante Fowler, another defensive end. They they pick up from uh, from Jacksonville. Marcus Peters has been horrible for the Rams in the games that I've watched thus far. He just got beat by Michael was that Thomas him? on that long touchdown. He was getting blown up by Devontae Adams uh, in the Green Bay game last week. Um, Valdez Scantling, whoever the hell that is Ooh. for the Packers, made him look stupid. Uh, they're missing Aqib Tlaib, who's still sidelined right now with whatever injury he has. Uh, but this Rams defense can be gotten, as you're seeing the Saints yeah. put 45 on them right now. Uh, we got about a minute left. AJ, uh, sum up what you saw today and what you look forward to in the coming weeks. Uh, happy to see this team get some mojo into the bye, carry that over. You, you know, they struggle out of the bye. That's, it's kind of been their bit the last 10 years or so. Yeah, they um, never did with Denny, though, which was weird. Yeah, but with Leslie, with uh, you know a couple of the early years with Zimmer coming out of the bye was was a problem. So hopefully they can figure that out and continue to, to carry the momentum. I think that's why this win was was so big. Uh, what can we find on KFN.com? Uh, all the audio Everything. from today, all the stories from today, the little next-gen analysis of Dalvin Cook and how he's the fastest player in the NFL. That's all up there, uh, and there will be more throughout the night as well. Nordo? Fastest player in the NFL for the first 30 yards. Hey, fastest is fastest, right? That's true. 22 is 22. Uh, I want this team to just get healthy. Uh, Sparks from the defense are fantastic. Inefficiencies and inadequacies offensively stemming from an execution standpoint. Maybe it's the evolution of the play calling combined with uh, inadequate offensive line at times, various things. But I just want this team to finally find a vibe. We haven't had really a cool vibe with this team, whether it's in terms of identity, whether it's just a, a swagger and a tenacity that they're still trying to find themselves getting back to that 2017 grit. And uh, let's get a rest through this bye week and uh, and find that for the for the stretch run after the bye. I love the way the defense played in the 24-9 win. I also love that this is a two-team race after tonight when the, uh, the Packers lose by 14 or more. <laughs> tons on KFN.com. Yeah. Tons tomorrow on the Power Trip. We'll have uh, Kevin McDermott on right away. Plenty on KFN.com. A lot of good stuff. Vikings win 24-9. Your defensive player of the week should be Daniil Hunter, three and a half sacks, also returns a touchdown on a fumble by the Lions. Vikings 24, Lions 9. We're done here. Uh, Westwood 1's coverage of Sunday night football picks up. The Saints are down 45, or up, excuse me, 45-35. Thanks a lot to Nordo. Thanks a lot to AJ. Bye.